on this Sega Talk, Jack Kamen returns in a, let's not call it a sequel to Mad World, Anarchy Reigns. Which characters returned? Who are the newbies? And did the delay kill this game's chances at success? Find out on Sega Talk. SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hola, and welcome to episode 94 of Sega Talk. I'm Barry. With me is mi amigo, George. Hello, everyone. Hola. And on this episode, I don't know why I'm speaking a little Spanish, because there is nothing Spanish about this game, and it is called Anarchy Reigns. Yes, it rains. It rains over the fields of anarchy on this episode. And this is a Patreon pick. Uh-oh. Uh, if you support us on Patreon at a certain special tier, you get to tell us what to talk about. In fact, this Patreon picker is none other than Joaquin Branch. And uh, I, I poked him for memories. Um, I'm going to actually check our Patreon post right now to see if he got one in at the last minute. Otherwise, I will allow him to grace us with his memories in text format. Uh, when this episode is posted. Um, But if we don't hear from him on this, at the end of the show, we will be hearing from our Patreon supporters at any level. You can leave a memory and have it read at the end of the show. So very exciting stuff. Um, George, are you ready to uh, get Max anarchied out? Of course, always. All right, great. Let's get into it then. Um, so this is a, honestly, this is kind of a weird one because it is the the end of really the Platinum Games partnership with Sega. It's a game that I think kind of was a whimper. Yeah, definitely. Of a release. <laughs> um, and I think it released at a time when Sega, I mean, outside of this was actually doing some pretty cool stuff. And it this was kind of... I don't know. I feel like this was the start of a, a dark period for Sega in the 2000s. Um, so what is Anarchy Reigns? Well, it's a free-roaming beat-em-up action game developed by Platinum Games and published by Sega. And if you know Platinum Games by any game, it would be Bayonetta. They've also done Bayonetta 2. They will someday do Bayonetta 3. Uh, there's also Vanquish, which will be a future episode. Wonderful 101. George, can you think of any other ones? Um, Infinite Space. What's that? Space. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Infinite Space. Um, and then they've done a lot since. They did a Metal Gear game. They've done... Um, that near... What, what's that game they did? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, a lot of titles. But this one, honestly, I, I call this kind of the black sheep of the Platinum Games family. Um it was known in Japan as Max Anarchy, which is fitting because there is a guy named Maximilian in the game. Uh, it released to the PS3 and 360, and it actually released in Japan on July 5th, 2012. So we are nearing the 20th and no, the 10th anniversary yeah. of this game, which is just wild. Um, 
it, it doesn't feel like a 10-year-old game to me. It feels much much more recent, uh, so it's kind of surprising there. There was a worldwide rollout that was planned for the same week, which makes sense because this is an online multiplayer game. Yeah. But they kind of botched it. Uh, 100%. To this day, we really don't... We don't know... I mean, maybe you know the reason. I don't know the reason. I did all this research, but I couldn't figure out why this game was delayed. So we're going to call it an inexplicable delay. It was actually pushed back to January 8th, 2013, which just... That sucks. What a sucky time to put a game out. Like, Happy New Year's. Oh, do you want to go buy a Platinum Games title that you were told about seven months ago? Yeah. It's like... Terrible. uh, The game is basically as much a sequel to Mad World as Jet Set Radio Future is a sequel to Jet Set Radio. um, In that, the game shares characters and plot elements uh, with the black and white original, but it's really not a direct continuation what more, the game adds Bayonetta as a playable character, making it more of almost like a Platinum Games crossover title, mm. which, I don't know. Like, um, when this game was announced, I was kind of hoping that they just said screw it and just threw a bunch of Bayonetta characters into it. Why not? Um, but we only got one. So, George, what is your experience with Anarchy Reigns? So... I was doing, we were doing Sega bits when this game came out and it was mm-hmm. one of the interesting games that like, kind of like they never started talking about. It was, it was this like period when like Sega would release so many titles still. Like remember when they would be like, we have Iron Man, Thor, um, yep. uh, Sands of Destruction, a bunch of like RPGs that no one's ever heard of. And they always had something take the back seat when it came to advertising and I, advertisement and I feel like Anarchy right. Reigns was this thing where it's like, oh, that's released in the January of the first month because we are con- we're like on a contract. But obviously, it should have came out the same day, and it should have been a worldwide release, especially considering right. that it fighting games. Like I don't know, I don't know if it was norm back then to do the same thing where it was a worldwide release worldwide, or if it, if they did the like slow rollout. But I do remember right. before the game came out, that was one of the things that Sega was teasing that it was going to have a, everyone worldwide was going to be able to fight each other, and then they delayed it. It's right. like don't make a big deal out of something that you're not going to be doing. You know, now you look kind of dumb. Um, yeah. Of that of that era, it was normal for Sega to have a big gap between the Japanese and the Western release. Mm. Um, I mean, we would have Bayonetta out for months. We would have um, a, a lot of well, the Yakuza games were doing that too. Oh, definitely Yakuza. Um, nowadays, nowadays it's unheard of. Like a global rollout for Judgment, the Yakuza games, even Sonic. Like, I think they've realized that with importing, it kind of kills sales locally when you're like oh yeah you can check out the new sonic game eight months early in japan you're like they've never done something like that but can you imagine not only, um, not only that you also kind of like screw up the data because now now people in america are importing this this game and now you don't know hey did this many european people really like shimu 2 on the dreamcast in europe or is it just that u.s customers right. were uh importing it kind of you know remember exactly. that exactly that's a great point yeah. i was one of them yeah, yeah that's a great point yeah so um how did you react to the delay at the time were you pissed off well yeah i mean i you know what this is one of the games that didn't really interest me because i i i i don't know what like i didn't know what to think of the game i was like i wanted mad world 2 right and then they released max anarchy at the time i think it was called 
And so I was like, yeah. okay, this is a little strange because I never asked for a fighting game, but it kind of made sense in the Mad World world where it's a game show to have a, a, an actual fighting game. But I'm not a, I right. actually would have rather if they did it a 2D original traditional fighting game, kind of like the new uh, – like they re-released that uh, Persona 4 Ultimax, you know? It's like 2D drawings or whatever. Um, right. So I would rather just have like a regular fighting game like uh, with all these characters. But like I'm not a big fan of the behind-the-back shooting and like moving like in this weird 3D plane. It kind of reminds me of Virtual On, and that's like the only one I would play that's like that. You know what I mean? And even then, Virtual On isn't right. like on my top tier list of the best games ever made in arcades, you know, or fighting games or anything. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't put this on the notes at all, but talking of games that kind of remind me of this game, there is a game from Midway called The Grid. Do you remember that? I think I do remember that. It's an arcade. That. Yeah, it's an uh, arcade game, big open maps, over the head, you know, like third person, uh, just, you know, kind of like, it's, I mean, I guess you could say it's kind of like Fortnite is now, but it really isn't because it's a lot more, I don't know, beat 'em uppy rather than like a shoot uh, a shooter or something mm. like that. Um, and that game has like you know large online matches. There's a server that people were connected to, so you could go to like the state fair and play someone completely in a completely different part of the country. Um, very cool stuff like that. Uh, let's talk about. Anarchy Reigns' massive roster of characters, which I think is the strength of the game. Um, and also the complex plot that utilizes each of them. So to understand the plot, you kind of have to know the characters first. So we're going to blast through the 16-character roster. Um, and uh, first up, we have a fan favorite. We have Jack Kamen himself coming in hot from Mad World. And um, Jack, like... He's the star of the show. They, he's one of the two main characters for this game, essentially. He is a mercenary working for his own company, however. And he comes with his uh, dual, what is it, like a double-bladed chainsaw. Chainsaw, and <laughs> yeah. he calls it the gator, the gator tooth. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so right here, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's pretty removed from Mad World. I mean, it is Jack, but it's not the same situation. They don't really talk about the games or anything. It's it's why I kind of see this game as like almost like a reboot or a, a retelling, like a new story where they just picked some characters, you know, from a previous game. It's interesting. Um, looking at his trading card here too, I, I like these things. He's forty two, so he's looking good for his age, and he's oh, seven yeah. foot two. Pretty cool, and he. But here's the thing: this is where it gets ridiculous. He's 507 pounds. Damn, all muscle too. Look at those uh, forearms; they're ripping. We. Well, it says he's cyborg, so maybe that's the cyborg uh, enhancements. Ooh. I don't know. What do you think about this whole like uh, weird disproportion that like Platinum Games was all into when Sega? Like Bayonetta does not look like a woman because it's like no woman looks like that, and it's almost like they take. Things that I guess people find uh, attractive or f they work for physically, like a big butt for Bayonetta, and then they just go overboard <laughs> with it, right? Or like him, look at his muscles on, look at his muscles, it's just ridiculousness. So it's like they like just enhancing these weird features where it's like, look at those forearms. That's like, it's ridiculous. What, what, what I find interesting is that Platinum Games will do these like kind of cartoony proportions to them, but typically 
you still maintain like a real world sort of like height and weight ratio <laughs> and everything. But here they're like, they're like, oh, this this woman's eight feet tall and six hundred pounds. And you're like, yeah. what? I mean, I guess yeah, looking at her, but it's a cartoon. You know, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, the next guy we've got uh, returning from Anarchy Reigns mm. or from Mad World, I should say, mm. is uh, actually Baron. actually. He's a totally different mm-hmm. character. When we did the notes for Mad World, he said that he's supposed to be, like, in the story, a different Black Baron. Like, this guy's Blacker Baron, right? This is the Blacker Baron. You're right. Yeah. So it is It is interesting because, and I was going to mention that, Sorry. he, he it, this is where it kind of gets into that kind of Jet Set Radio future territory. Mm-hmm. Because he shares the same name as, and I'm going <laughs> to... Baron von Twirlenkiller from Mad World, but he's like a different character. It's very interesting, and you see this in in Jet Set Radio Future, where Yo Yo is like a different character. Yo Yo is like, isn't he like the founder of the GGs, and then Beat like joins them? Whereas in Jet Set Radio, Beat is the founder of the GGs. These games are or. or Gum, it's just, yeah. Yeah, these games... They don't care. Yeah, these games kind of feel like in the same era where it's like a reboot, but not a reboot, or like, it almost feels like a totally, like, multiverse where, like, this is a totally different version of these characters. It's weird. I agree with it that. It is very weird. Yeah. Um, there's also, I guess, what are we going to look at here? He's 6'7", and... uh, uh short. 564 pounds. He's slim, but he's also a, a species cyborg. That's true. That's true. Um, next up, we have uh, what is it? Mathilda. 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 She kind of looks like uh, Math Hilda, like Bayonetta's cousin. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she she appeared in both Anarchy Reigns and Mad World. Um, in Anarchy Reigns, she is Baron's personal assistant, and her weapon is the Iron Maiden, which is actually a collapsible whip that transformed transforms into a giant spiked bat. So that's that's cool. Um, she let's look at her crazy proportion. She's six two ridiculous. and four hundred and fourteen pounds. It's ridiculous. And she's a cyborg. So every single per- <laughs> I mean, she is like taller than us. She looked. I, I liked her look better in the. Uh, it's almost the same look, but she had a more. I guess a dominatrix outfit in the. Uh, in Mad World, it was kind of like one mm-hmm. of those one piece things, you know. This one, she's actually showing right. less skin, but it's like you could see her rippling muscles. Like her abs are ridiculous in this picture. But it, she's also a cyborg. Um, but yeah, six two. That's pretty tall. I would say yes. Well, you know who's who's really big is Big Bowl. <laughs> oh, I know. Look at him. This, let's take a look. Big Bowl is nine feet, four inches tall, and the weight is a skinny 2,866 pounds. <laughs> um, however, Big Bowl only has a human brain. Everything else is metal. Uh, so they're calling Big Bowl a cyborg, even though it's it's just a brain. Um well, isn't there the like Big a isn't, Crocker. isn't there a difference between like a cyborg and a robot depending on the human brain or whatever like that? I'm not sure how that works, right? Cyborg is a human with robotic enhancements, and I think you can go so far as as long as there's a brain, it's still a cyborg. But I think if it's a robot with human eyes, 
Like if it's all robot and then they just like stole some human's eyes, they can't go, oh, I'm a cyborg now. No, no, you're a robot. Like I don't think it works yeah. that way. <laughs> you're a robot with someone's eye, yeah, someone else's eyes. Um, <laughs> in, Mad, in Mad World, Big Bull was called the Big Bull Crocker. And he is a cyborg combatant in Anarchy Reigns. He was previously, and here we go, a kill seeker in the Death Watch games on Shock TV 86. So there are ties to Mad World. Some characters have that as their like past that they appeared on Shock TV. But it, it doesn't play a big role. And it's like almost like they just all were like, well, we were on it, but we survived it. We're done. <laughs> we're moving on to this story. Um yeah, interesting. Big guy. Big bull. We love him. Um, and then lastly, for the returning characters, we have Rin Rin. Rin Rin is the most normal yeah. person. Five, six, and 99 pounds. But she's like the woman, so she's like the only person that could be like a real woman in real life. Right. Right, exactly. Rin Rin. And uh, Rin Rin was in Mad World as a boss opponent. And now here she is as part of a clan called the Crimson Dragon, which is a clan of assassins. Um, and when you first encounter her, you're in uh, Jack's campaign. We'll get to the campaigns. Uh, and she claims that the Crimson Dragon has ordered him dead, and she is honor-bound to see it done. So she's got a, she's got a mission, and she's got normal proportions. Uh, as far as the newcomers... We have our, I guess, like, like the shadow to Jack's Sonic or the other way around. Silver. We have the silver, yeah. We have Leonhart Leo Victorian. And, yeah, what, what do you think of this fella? He, he looks like, um, you say. I was going to say he looks like the guy from uh, Bayonetta. I forget his name. The, the, the guy with longer hair. I forget his name. In the fir- and he also reminds me of some sort of like Metal Gear Solid character, like some emo character that they would randomly pull out. Mm. I don't know. It's something about him just reminds me of like something like that. I don't know. What do you re- he remind you of? He reminds me of the guy in Vanquish a little bit. Like oh, the armor. Yeah, this is why I was like, they could have just had it be Mad World and Vanquish guys team up and Bayonetta's in the game, and then just call it like a um, you know. Like a Platinum Games crossover title. But I mean, I I guess he's cool. I feel like Platinum Games has this obsession with like handsome men who are like in these sort of outfits and they're like just like a super unappealing character type for me. I would never play as this character. So when he is one of the two main characters, it's kind of like, oh, I got to be him. Uh, yeah, I I, he, he just reminds me of like Raiden or Raiden or whatever. And like that mm-hmm. kind of character archetype for sure. Yeah. Maybe this is how they got the Metal Gear Solid uh, uh, contract. They were like, look, we already basically made a character from your game. He's like, they're like, mm, yeah, pretty much you copied us. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he is 6'7", and he weighs 362 pounds, but he is a cyborg, yeah. so don't judge him. Yeah, don't judge. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is a Strike One agent who um, he uses these like charged position blades. So it's kind of like Bayonetta, but they're blades on his knees and elbows and uh he is the other main character in this game and he's only 28 look at him he's such a young pup oh yes uh next up we have sasha oh man sasha sasha uh sasha ivanov she is a woman of icy intelligence is that what it says um 
It does, yeah. Um, she was fast-tracked into the Milvallian Ministry of Justice's Bureau of Public Safety, despite her youth. Yeah, she's 24. Um, after a mere two years on the force, she joined the High Crimes Division and was later scouted by the elite Strike One Detachment. So, pretty cool. She's she's kind of like the female version of um, our, our boy Leo. Mm. So, you got that there. Um, the next one is just bizarre. Uh, so, it's... It's like a guy based on Nikolai Tesla, basically. Of course, of course. You have to try, right? Um, I mean, a a common trope. Um, He is the leader of Strike One um, after the former leader and mentor, uh, Max, went berserk. And, of course, Max is the Max of Max Anarchy. And he is the villain of the game. uh, And I do not believe he is playable, despite being, like, listed a lot of the times in, like, the characters in the game. I think he's just... He is what he is. Um, but yeah, what do you think of uh, Nikolai here? He looks pretty bad for 32. Like, he's already all grayed out. He has a gray beard. It looks great, but it's probably a robot bit. But And then you see, what uh, what's his name? And he's 42, J- uh, Jack. And so it's like, what's going yeah. on here? Why is this guy... Jack looks so much better. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> you, gotta keep it, you gotta keep that exercise in the morning going, Mr. Nikolai. Absolutely. Um, the next dude we have is Durga. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. He's, uh, he used to be a mercenary, but he lost nearly the entire right half of his body in battle. Uh, after augmenting his ruined flesh with cybernetic enhancements, he teams up with uh, a former comrade named Garuda, and they together seek out a living as bounty hunters. So he's like a bounty hunter with uh, guns on his knees. Uh and the characters in general in this in this game actually remind me of, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's that movie that came out not too long about uh, that was based on an anime about the cyborg girl mm, um, or the robot uh, something girl. Something Alita Battle Angel, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's that is yeah, it's Alita Battle Angel. That's what this reminds me of, where it's like augmenting is just like so normal that most people are cyborgs. Mm. Um, I really like that movie, but it's also super unsettling because it's just, it kind of makes me sick to see these people who it's like, they willingly like chopped off their entire body Mm. and just kept their head. (laughs) I'm like, who would do that? That's so gross. This character totally reminds me of, uh, I mean, I don't know if you ever played the game Overwatch, but there's a character called Junkrat that looks exactly like him, only without the robot bits, but the hair and the overall like uh, trashy vibe, I guess he has going on. Um, yeah. When did that come out? 2016, maybe, I want to say. Or it was 2017. Oh, okay. So it's after this game, for sure. But, I mean, I don't know if, okay. if you've played Overwatch, but Overwatch is literally, they just take, like, concepts, like, concepts of that, like, oh, Ninja Guy. Oh, okay, we'll give him this name. Oh, Junkrat. Oh, he's, well, you know what I mean? Right, well, that's what got me thinking, because, you know, this game itself kind of feels like they just plucked a lot of ideas from other games and threw it in here to, like, you know, yeah. have uh, <laughs> have a, an interesting, diverse roster. But you look at some of these characters and you're like, are they from something else? They look like a ripoff from something else. Um, speaking of ripoffs from something else, let's take a look at Zero. I feel like I've seen Zero in other games. He's the ninja dude. What do you think of Zero? Yeah, here? he's the uh, uh, yeah cyborg ninja. He's an... He's a cyborg ninja. I mean, who, who doesn't love a cyborg ninja? Wow, he's actually uh, human. But so... guess what? 
He's a human. Yeah, he looks. He's the most cyborg-looking character in the game, and yet he's a human. Yeah. And and despite all that, he's three hundred and thirty-five pounds and six-five. So are they weighing the suit? That's what's getting confusing here. Yeah. If you took that whole thing off him and stepped him on a scale, I don't think he's three hundred and thirty-five pounds. I think it's the suit too. I really don't. Yeah. It is, and you don't. You shouldn't weigh the suit. Like they say, when you weigh yourself, like weigh yourself naked, either with like the same clothes all the time or naked. Yeah. You think the doctor was like, nah, keep the suit on. We'll, we'll weigh you like this. Cheating. I hate when they do that. When you go in and they're like, for something else, and they're like, oh, let's take your weight, and I'm like, please don't, because I'm wearing like a bunch of heavy clothes. <laughs> no, no, keep your jacket on. <laughs> take it off. I don't know. I just strip down naked anytime I go to the doctor. That's probably smart. Um, so this this guy, he is a human ninja that wields twin katanas. Maybe they're weighing the katanas too. There's Onimaru and Jazumaru. Uh, not to be confused with Korimaru, <laughs> who writes for us sometimes. Uh, a pair of authentic Japanese blades built for the wielder to carry on their back. The swords are rumored to be part of the Tenka Goken blades of myth. But are they myth if he if he has them? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, this next one, it's like the shit post of characters. It is Oinky. What? <laughs> literally, literally another character from Overwatch. What's his like? What's that fat guy's name? I just put fat Overwatch. Oh my god! Never mind. Don't do that, guys. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. because it, every character is just fat, basically. Sorry. Well, Oinky is interesting. He's almost kind of like Bane. He is human, but he's also mutant. He uses something called the juice, which is an unstable compound which mutates the user uh, when it's introduced in their bloodstream. So he's basically, yeah, he's like a pig Bane from Batman. Um, He's a big chubby fiend. And yeah, he basically turns into a green pig. Mm. And what I really like is um, he leads a gang... uh, named oinky's gang <laughs> wow it's like like imagine that it's like gang tryouts so like are you joining the crazy 88s are you joining this like elite ninja group or do you want to join oinky's gang i'd probably go with oinky's they feel like they would like have the best dinners they would go out and party a lot more so definitely an oinky over here <laughs> and his slogan i guess is ham it up so Perfect. Oinky, we're we're cool with Oinky. We like him, and he actually puts on weight when he mutates. That's pretty wild. He goes from seven one to nine eight, and he goes from three hundred thirty one pounds to seven hundred seventy two pounds. And I know this is like a super weight like obsessed episode, but to be quite honest, there's not much to say about some of these characters. So it's like what can I you think say? The about, weight, yeah. What can you say about the the Pig character. This is like a stereotypical big character. Like, literally, we just talked about Shimyu. This is like that one uh, Jap- uh, Chinese yellowhead uh, character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the next two, uh, we'll go through these two gals. There's Fai Ren, first off. She is uh, 5'6 and 99 pounds, like the exact same everything for our previous human female which is kind of interesting i wonder if they planned this maybe they're all on the same diet or something yeah they got them on a strict diet the, well yeah because she is the eldest sister of a trio of sibling assassins trained since infa- infancy uh she makes ample use of her feminine charms she specializes specializes in male assassination so her specialization is killing men getting them oh, nice no no her. it's getting them horny than killing them 
That's well. That's not a bad thing, <laughs> I guess. Um, and she is happy to leave the boring stuff to her younger sister, and she fights with a transformable lance known as the Zilong or Purple Dragon. Mm. Very cool. Very legal. Um, next up, we have Irin, who is her younger sister, and yet is the exact same height and weight as her and that other girl we talked about, who was um, Rin Rin. And so these are actually. They're all sisters, but they're not triplets, but they're all the same weight and height. So one's 19, Rin Rin, who we talked about. Um, Fei Rin is 20, and then uh, I Rin is 18. So their parents had one child every year for three years and made sure they were all the same weight and height. This is very strange. I don't like this. Uh-oh. I don't like this. Um... Are you deleting everything? Yeah, I am actually. I was going through the pictures and seeing the the different sisters. <laughs> if there was anything in like, yeah, I, that that is weird. I don't know. Is that normal for people to do? Is that what you're gonna I don't do? Think All so. your children are gonna be the same no, exact height. I, no, <laughs> you're like, <gasps> you're getting too tall. Time it to seems shave a little, your bones. It seems a little OCD. Yeah. yeah. Um, Iren uses lightning, so they all have their niche. They all have their color. It's almost like a, a Power Rangers kind of family mm. um and she belongs to the crimson dragon clan as well and as mentioned she's the youngest of the trio you know what this kind of um, reminds this, me of though? Uh-huh. these girls or whatever it's kind of like what? how they they always have those like copycat characters for every fighting game you know like they have uh in mortal Kombat, it was the ninjas right with the different outfits in uh mm-hmm. in uh street fighter it was the guys with the geese um, this one is the, the, the Rin family that won't stop having clone babies that look exactly the same, and, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they are clones. That's a good point. Um, this next guy, Douglas, has the most unexciting name for any character in any game I've ever played, Douglas. Uh, is- his slogan is, my foot, your ass. Well, I mean, he has a good slogan. That? I like that. <laughs> His full name is Douglas Williamsburg. He is 180 years old. He's a cyborg. He weighs 4,079 pounds, and he is 7 feet 9 inches tall. Uh, (laughs) He fights against mutants, and he wishes to destroy all mutants in existence as an act of revenge due to every person in his hometown having been eaten by them. Mm. He holds a deep-seated grudge against the current armed forces, as they had ignored his calls for assistance to save his village. So he's a mutant-hating old man. And his uh, weapons are the twins, which he names Romeo and Julio. Oh. So it's very Bayonetta there, where he's like naming his weapons. Um, The next one does not have a trading card, because he is kind of the bad boy of the series. That is Max. Maximilian Caxton. Um, he's the ex-leader of Strike One of the BPS, uh, and back when he was in their service, he was one of their most successful and dangerous operatives, but, uh, as we mentioned, he, he stepped down after mentoring Leo, Sasha, and Nikolai, and, uh, now he's, he's the bad guy, so he's a good guy turned bad. Very interesting. Um, we will talk more about his, his whole situation once we go into the plot. Um... And then the last two are bonus characters, basically. So there's Bayonetta, who 
is it's an interesting design. I think it's cool that they made this like one-off character. Yeah. For Anarchy Reigns. Yeah, I don't think people are ever <laughs> going to hear about Bayonetta after this. It's too generic. It's very witchy. I don't know if that's going to catch on. Uh, right. So we'll see. I'm hoping it catches on because uh, I think it's cool that she's over 500 years old, obviously. And she looks like she could have an interesting story, maybe. And if you want to know how tall she is, you won't because they give a different height and weight measurement. It's 4.67 UWH, which is uh, Umbra Witch Height, and then 11.951 Umbra Witch Weight. I swear. So they got us. I swear I swear, somebody converted this before because I, I remember doing the episode of it and I remember somebody was like, oh, that means that she's this tall or whatever. And I was like, somebody actually converted <laughs> this. Yeah. That's too funny. Um, yeah, her inclusion in this, to be quite honest, like this made me more interested in the game and made me want to play the game. Um, she was kind of my main, like whenever I would do any of the multiplayer stuff. And I think that goes for a lot of people. What kind of sucks, though, is she was, I believe, a GameStop exclusive. Oof. I could be wrong. Oof. Um, and a lot of people were obsessed by that. Uh, obsessed. Upset by that. Um, the other one is a weird bonus character. Its name is Gargoyle. It's like you unlock it um, after you complete side missions and reach a certain rank in online multiplayer. And Gargoyle is a combat robot created and mass-produced to battle mutants and cyborgs. And it's kind of like if a Sonic game let you become Motobug, you know, it's just, it's kind of like a enemy that you just kind of see in the game. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, cool. It's the bonus character. I would have preferred <laughs> yeah. to have, um, the, the other Bayonetta character. What's her name? Uh, uh, what's the woman's the red one, the one in the red with the blonde hair. Uh, was her name like Jin? Jean. Jean. Yeah, Jean. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I would have preferred that, but, there you have it. Like, wow, what a what a weird cast of characters. Um, who is your favorite and least favorite? Oh, dude, from I mean, list? let's be honest. Blacker Baron. This yeah. he's. Way, I mean, even though he was technically like the shade blacker in the because of black and white in the other one, I I, I, I right. really love his character. I think some people find him offensive, but I think it's like it reminds me of when I used to watch like uh, Boondock Saints or something like like a character that would be right out of that show. Uh, I also mm. obviously also have a I like Mathilda 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 and uh, my Mathilda. least favorite one I would probably be like someone like Douglas it's like you could have added like the guy from Vanquish you know instead of Leo you could have added somebody from like even um, trying to think we Vanquish there's uh, Infinite Space. You could have added any of right. them from these characters, and you're like, nah, let's make zero. Let's make. I, I don't know if that if. I, I mean, I don't mind some of these characters being done here. Do we need three sisters that are kind of exactly the same? No. Right. Um, so I would have loved to see other properties, even try to pull something from Sega, and I don't think they would have because I think Planet Games is so proud right. of themselves that they would have just want this, but. Uh, Outside of that, yeah, my favorite my favorite character would probably be Blacker Baron. Um, I love his character. The fact that I was actually excited that we could actually play as characters that weren't playable in the original game. 
Um, that was probably the biggest sell for me. I'm just shocked that they didn't add more characters into it from the actual Mad World universe. You know, it's only right. What is it like five? So uh, that, yeah, that's what's surprising to me. Yeah, it's like you could have gone all out, and instead you made like two copycat sisters for Rin Rin. Yeah. Um, so I I would say going in reverse, I would say my least favorite are probably the other two Rin sisters, just because. They feel like recolors <laughs> of a character we already got. I guess it's maybe some people might think it's cool that they expanded and made them triplets, but for me, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, so you boost the female roster by just including two more sisters for a character <laughs> that's returning from Mad World. Yeah. Um, as far as favorite, um, I kind of like Oinky, but if I'm honest, I usually pick Bayonetta. So if it's like, Oinky? Just multiplayer picking. I would pick Bayonetta. You picked Oinky because you like the idea of like just ch- like dude. Let's be honest. If I've had to be anyone here, I would be Oinky because I mean it's <laughs> like your literal thing. You make more damage when you're bigger, right? It's like hey, body positive here. Imagine how much he has to, I... to sustain that that beautiful body. Right. Well, what I like is like I would probably pick Blacker Baron too, but if I had to pick a different one, I would pick Oinky because I feel like he is one of those characters that if you get killed by someone as Oinky, it hurts even more. Uh, um, it, just because you're like, oh, it's the shitty character, and he got me. And I would do that too. Um, in Power Stone 2, I would always play as Pete the Puppet to bother people because they're like, oh, I hate Pete. Oh, Pete won! And then same goes for Big the Cat in All-Stars Racing where I would like just like blaze past and get first place and they're like oh big one again uh, I, so oinky big the cat and pete the puppet are all like robert have you ever or gourmand have you seen robert he's pretty bad have you seen robert richards in uh, tekken that's another one that's kind of like that he's like a literally a fat well i think he might be french i'm not sure uh they call him bob but like yeah. he is literally a white guy that's fat that's literally it and he's super fast like he hits really quickly so oh look at him that's what i'm saying he looks like um he looks like Cartman. You know when you know when you know when video game developers say, "Oh, you know, Uncharted three, uh, uh, Nathan Drake, he's every, he's an everyday man." This is what an everyday man looks like in America, right here. Bob from he Texas. looks like Mario in real life, right? Like if he was an American. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if Mario like dyed his hair. See, this, but yeah, so see, this guy beat you. Well, how do you, how do you think the diversity of the roster compares to like other multiplayer beat 'em ups, like say Power Stone or even dare I bring it in, bring it up, Smash Brothers? Like, what do you think? I think the the art style is probably what turned off a lot of people because like when, look at like when you look at Bayonetta, I guess she has that similar art, but there's something about the art in this game that always got me a little like not as excited. And I don't know, it's because, like, yeah. when you play something like Guilty Gear Strive, it's very, like, highly detailed anime look, or, like, um, maybe even the old Street Fighter games. And I think that's why there's some sort of, like, I don't know, turnoff for me when it comes to 3D fighting games. I think there's only a few games where I play in 3D, and I'm like, I actually really like the look of this. It's like Virtual Fighter or Tekken are the only ones that have done it for me. Um, sometimes... Right. Something about the art style, I can't put my finger on it. It's, it's just something about it just comes off that doesn't rub me the right way. I don't know. Can you put it, your finger on it? It's it's difficult. I think a, it kind of feels like a knockoff of something, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is knocking off. I also think a lot of the characters are just downright like 
ugly or off-putting. Like I mentioned Oinky being a favorite of mine, but it's because I think Oinky's just so terrible. Like it's a it's a fat guy, but he's wearing like a triple um a like a, a triple suspenders and he's got a big collar on and he turns into a green pig. Like it's just ridiculous. Mm. But then you have other ones like Zero who's just boring. Like he just looks like your stereotypical ninja cyborg ninja. Yeah, he's like some, yeah. some Metal Gear Solid guy. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Or Sasha looks like a ripoff of something. Like I think just so many of the characters look like ripoffs of something, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And I think when you look at like Power Stone, what I think was so strong about that roster is that they were stereotypes of different country like characters from different countries but they were strong enough designs to be their own like special thing like i i think some of the characters in power stone are some of the best like character designs to come out of capcom i in, have to agree in my opinion like it's you know it's, and and it's like criminal that they're not doing more with them oh yeah i agree with that yeah but and um, yet here i am and i'm like i can understand why there's no anarchy reigns too yeah, you know? well, like I get it. This is this was the last game that Planet Games Sega did, and I'm not that shocked because, like, I don't know, like, it almost reminds me of they made like a fighting game based on Devil May Cry. I wonder if people would be into that, you know, like, oh, now you can play all your Devil May Cry characters against each other. I don't think people would be buying it as much as a Devil May Cry game, you know. Right, right, and that's why I think this this game kind of suffered a little bit because it was basically like. Mad World getting a spinoff when Mad World itself wasn't even that big of a hit. I mean, yeah. it did well enough, but it's like, really? You came off of Bayonetta and you're going to like make her a DLC character instead of putting her... Like, it should have been, if I'm like thinking about this now, it should have been Jack and Bayonetta as the main characters. And just yeah. like give them new backstories. It doesn't matter. Like, have Bayonetta appearing in it as someone else. doesn't matter. Um... Let's talk about that, though. So those two lead characters. The lead characters we actually got in Anarchy Reigns are Jack and Leo, uh, each with their own paths and characters that they meet along the way. So Jack is a mercenary. He represents the black side, while Leo, who's a cop, represents the white side. And the plot points occasionally intersect as the two chase down the same target. So you really have to think of it like Team Hero and Team Dark in Sonic Adventure 2. That's what I was thinking. Uh, it is exactly what it's like. And upon completion of both, a final red side is unlocked. Again, just like final story in yeah. Sonic Adventure 2. Um, interestingly, these three colors, the white, black, and red, are the three colors that make up Mad World. So I think that's a little sly, like, wink to the audience about this being a kind of continuation. Um, let's run through the story. It's actually kind of like long so yeah, I, I will notice. read this as best I can. I, I just, I, I found this on the Mad World Wiki, and I was like, I should edit this down. And as I read it, I'm like, what would I edit down? Like, this is the whole story. So, um, yeah. buckle up, guys. So this game is set in a post-apocalyptic future in the fictional city of Altumbra. Three months after being arrested for his wife's murder, former Bureau of Public Safety... Agent Maximilian Caxton stages a jailbreak, and his former team of Strike One unit is dispatched to Altambra to find and kill Max. Uh, Agent Leonhardt Victorian splits off from the group in search of his own hopes of bringing Max back alive, as he remains unconvinced 
that his former mentor could have turned into a violent killer. At the same time, Chaser Guild member Jack Kamen is met by Max's daughter, Jean, who asks him to retrieve her father. Jack begrudgingly agrees, though he harbors a hatred of Max for accidentally shooting his adopted daughter, Stella, during a rescue mission. Like, so many daughters and people getting mothers and wives and daughters being killed. Wow. Uh, While searching, Jack encounters fellow bounty hunters, the Blacker Baron and Mathilda, along with several drones that pursue and attempt to kill him. Meanwhile, Leo begins following a trail of cyborg corpses with wounds identical to those of Undyne, Max's wife. Evidence suggests that Max's cyborg body is damaged, and Strike One determines that he will head to Port Valenda to salvage for parts. So as you can see here, the characters are already encountering all these little weirdos that we uh, we ran through. So they, they do a good job working them in, I will say. Um, Leo it's like the hardest part of a fighting Jack. game to like... In- mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, it's the no, hardest no, no. part in a fighting game is to integrate all these people. You know what I mean? Um, right. So it's interesting how they did it here, you know? I'm just saying, like, because when you play a fighting game, it's always like, oh, hey, what's going on, Ryu? Wow, you have no shoes on. Let me fight you, bum. And it's like, oh, okay. Right. weird. But I think if I can say the strength of this game is that it seems like they worked out the story first, put the characters in that made sense, and then made that the roster. But I think the way it kind of hurts it is that it's kind of like you could have thrown in some oddball characters that just oh, look yeah. cool and play cool, but don't have any connection to the story. I don't know. Um, the two stories uh, intersect when Leo runs into Jack, who fights him to try to draw Max out. The plan works with Max briefly appearing before quickly leaving again, and Jack and Leo give chase. They track him to Hong Long, which is not Hong Kong, it's Hong Long, where they split up. Leo runs into Max, who suffers from varying degrees of amnesia due to rampant drug and alcohol abuse after Stella's death. He attacks Leo, not recognizing him, but fellow agent Sasha Ivanov and team leader Nikolai Buligin arrive to help. After fighting Max, Nikolai prepares to execute him, but Leo intervenes, demanding a fair trial for Max. While Nikolai and Leo argue, Max runs off and Strike One begin tracking him. Later, Jack briefly teams up with the Baron as the two find and kill, oh, find and fight Max, whose mental state is rapidly deteriorating due to the influence of his addictions. Jack what? nearly kills Max in revenge. I know. Max, Jack nearly kills Max in revenge, but the Baron stops Jack, allowing Max to escape. The group follow him to Bari Shur, where they encounter Sasha. The Baron and Mathilda distract her. Well, Jack continues looking for Max. At the same time, Leo and Nikolai continue to argue argue over whether Max should be returned dead or alive, culminating in a battle between the two. After defeating Nikolai, Leo and a sympathetic Sasha resume the search on their own, and Jack confronts Max, who admits that he did not kill Stella, though he still expresses remorse. Jack subdues Max unconscious before Leo arrives. So what are your thoughts so far? on the story i think that like <laughs> like black baron and jack like yeah. teaming up to fight max because of his addiction was pretty funny like uh, can you imagine me like teaming up with someone else to fight you barry because you have an addiction to knuckles action figures from mcdonald's and then we ha- we but we can't take you down because you're t- your knuckle 
powers too strong and then later on you you feel remorse even though you never did it he's like, i've never imported a knuckles figure from canada but i feel remorse no, I for doing for doing it well i got a million i got a million reactions on social media so that means something that means something. um a million it does mean something One actually million? i actually learned that if you have over ten thousand followers you are considered an influ- influencer that's the mark that's the and, benchmark and why okay well we have some, some followers so that's a little bit more story to go through here okay um leo this is it'll get i i think it'll get good i don't know we'll see (laughs) leo continues to insist that max should be taken home to get a fair trial but jack would rather see max dead the two fight one another until the baron mathilda and sasha stop them another squadron of drones appears revealing nikolai as the one behind them nikolai implied to be the real murderer of ondine orders the drones to kill the other fighters and nearly executes Leo before he is saved by Jack. The two team up and defeat Nikolai with Jack delivering the final blow. The group take Max home to Jean and prepare to have Nikolai put on trial for his abuse of power. Wow. And um, so system. did you expect, yeah, I know, right? Did you expect that much plot for what is basically an online beat em up? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I'm surprised they put so much thought and effort into a plot that, kind of has nothing to do with mad world at all like literally they're not there's no mad world game no like mm-hmm. blacker bear never talks about his time in mad world the dynamic between him and um uh Mathilda, Mathilda, i can't even say her name it's like nothing mm-hmm. like it was in the game which was like slapstick humor where she would kill him or is that right. still back here yeah that's what's well, yeah. no, that's that's what's so surprising is that in Mad World, it was just kind of like, oh, he keeps dying, whatever. Yeah. And in this game, it's like, he has an addiction. His <laughs> wife was murdered. His daughter was murdered. And, like, death really means something. Yeah, and, like, exactly. Characters have... And I guess what I find so ridiculous about this is that these characters, when you look at the designs, they're cartoons. They're so bizarre. And yet they're going through these, like, real-world traumatic things like addiction and, like, losing spouses. And you're like, What? What's going on here? Like, I literally just played... I saw Black Baron die a hundred times last time, and literally people making jokes in Mad World, and I think they didn't have that in this game where they had the announcers and the comedy. And it no, was that's no. what I think what really made it fall flat, in my opinion. Like you said, the story is very intricate, and like it almost feels kind of like it was written by Sonic Team in a way, where they're like, and then... The Dark Hedgehog came from the other, the Netherverse and had the Nether Chaos Emeralds. And it's like, right, why, right, why, right. why are you trying to take it too seriously? It should have been more of the tone as Mad World, in my opinion. What do you think? It is It is kind of the Sonic Adventure 2 of, like, Mad World games. Yeah. Where it's, like, little kids. Like, I mean, you know, Sonic Adventure 2 has, has uh, a little girl dying. I mean, albeit 50 years ago, but still. You yeah, think they're going to... They're going to bring that up in the movie, like the Sonic 3 movie. They're going to be like, and then the little girl died. Look how cute she was. That's why Shadow's sad. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, so, yeah, let, let's get into the gameplay. We have some gameplay footage here uh, playing, if you want to roll that beautiful footage there. that This comes courtesy of, I always like to give... Uh, give credit. So this is coming from our good friend, our very good friend... Lacry, Lacry. Actually, I don't know who this person is, but hey, they they played I, some of the games, so we'll check out some I, of the I gameplay here. Go yeah. for it. Um, so on the surface, Anarchy Reigns gameplay gameplay is simple. The game features over the uh, over the top close combat action in large open world style maps. 
action button prompts dole out heavy, normal, and 360 attacks, as well as allow for grabbing and jumping. Players can make use of various items and weapons and even uh, use other characters as objects to inflict damage. Other actions include guard, evading taunts, as well as rampage modes and killer weapon attacks. The battlefield will also throw trigger events at you, which are like environmental moments where chaos will mix up the battles. So, I mean that. I mean we'll we'll still talk about the gameplay more, but like that's pretty much it in terms of like gameplay and controls. Um, it doesn't bring much new to the table. Do you think it should have? Do you think there should have been more to it? No. The, the thing is, like, I, I, like I said, I no, don't think so uh, either. Can you? Yeah, I was going to say because like something about the way that the game is, I don't know, I can't even put my finger on why I dislike this type of gameplay. Like I'm trying to look at it and there's something about this game always turned me off. And I think like I told you before, mm. like I wasn't even that into Mad World's gameplay. I thought it was just okay, serviceable back when it came out on Wii. And making a whole fighting game based around that idea is kind of weird to me, but I don't know. Mm. What do you think? Do you think that's enough? Well, I mean, I actually, I'd, I'd go on the other side. I'd say that, um, I mean, I, I think it's good that they made a game that's very pick up and play. Um, I'm glad they didn't throw some crazy new control scheme or, or way of playing at you. And by that, I mean like Wonderful 101, I think is the most like out there game from Platinum to the point where they had to make videos telling you how to play the game. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like yeah, they would release like... They, yeah, they, they would like release YouTube videos and people would say like, hey, before you give the game a negative score or before you try it and hate it, watch this 15 minute instructional video. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to watch it. And when I did, I was like, oh, I get it. This is cool. But at the same time, it's like, I, I kind of wish it was just pick up and play like, like this game is. Um, but I'd argue that it's almost too basic for what Platinum Games was at this point. It was kind of a step down from their previous titles which i think is why so many people look down on this game this is coming from the studio that gave us bayonetta which is arguably the best action game ever made like it is an a plus title through and through and so when you get this game you're like oh man online multiplayer bayonetta fighting basically right and then you play and you're like oh it's just kind of like I've played this before, but it's not nearly as good as Bayonetta. It's not even as good as like Power Stone Two. Have um, you seen the the new game that Platinum Games? You might not even heard of this game, and this is the crazy part. We actually cover video games, you know, and uh, we're always on Twitter, so there's always video game news coming. You know, we, we'll see every game, right? Like on our feed, right? When you're randomly on the Sega Bits thing, right. it's mostly Sonic, but you'll see stuff, right? Their new game is called Babylon's Fall. Have you heard of it? No. Exactly. It, they're trying to make another multiplayer game, and no one's ever heard of it. It literally came out like last month. No one talks about oh, it. It's, it's out. like it's already out. <laughs> yes, and nobody's talking wow. about it. And and it's got really bad scores. So they're trying to do this again, but in a weird. They call them gas games, games as services. So mm. it's kind of weird. It's not anything like this. It's more of like a. I think a free roaming beat em up I think. I'm not, I'm not sure. I haven't even played right. it myself. It looks pretty generic, but hmm. this looks better. That's interesting. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, th this game, in addition to, I think, what the the multiplayer, which we were kind of touching on there, um, the single-player gameplay with the two paths is really kind of... 
the the experience I think a lot of people will play, uh, especially now looking back at this, because when you try to jump online and play a game, there is nobody there now unless you tell a bunch of people, hey, let's hop on and play uh, some Anarchy Range, which I would like to do at some point in the future. Like, just say like, hey, this Friday night at uh, 8.30 p.m., let's all jump on and just play it. Because I would like to play this game again. Um, but the single-player gameplay, uh, throughout that story that we talked about earlier, you play through stages featuring both free missions and main missions. The final red side sees player assuming control of both leads. However, the character you start as is decided by the player you initially picked when you first started with that, which is kind of cool. Like imagine if Sonic Adventure 2 was like, oh, you picked Hero first. That means when you get to the final story, you'll play as Super Sonic first. Like that's kind of neat little little thing there. Um, yeah. Well, while the game boasts a large single-player experience, multiplayer is Anarchy Reign's bread and butter, and it is what the game was sold heavily on leading up to release. Uh, to have the best multiplayer experience, you'll need to unlock characters in the single-player mode, however. Uh, Platinum Games themselves refer to the game as an online multiplayer brawler, so they put that out there first and for foremost. The game boasts 11 match modes, uh, to name a few of them, there's Deathmatch, Survival, 16-player Battle Royale, Tag Team, Capture the Flag, and more. So, did you have any experiences playing this game online? I think that's the biggest issue with me talking about this game, because like when the game came out and I even got an early copy, um, I do remember mm. taking it to my friend's house, because I didn't have internet at the house, so I couldn't play it right away. And then, so I took it to my friend's house. It was already dead. It was like, what? I don't even think anyone, I, I, it might have been dead on launch date. And even if it wasn't dead on launch date, it would probably would have been like 12 people playing it. Like, I can't think of that many people that I've heard talk about this game's online uh, support. And there's games that Sega has right. released, like Chrome Hounds, that people still talk about its online component, even though the servers have been dead for like 15 years. But I've never heard anyone go, Oh, Anarchy Reigns Online. I miss the good old days when the community was thriving. You know what I mean? So it's 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 <laughs> right. interesting. So what's your experience with uh, Anarchy Reigns Online? Um, Very, very light. Like, uh, to be quite honest, um, and this kind of gets into the next question I was going to ask. I think the long delay in release um, kind of killed online play. It's just there wasn't... A lot of interest um, following, you know, the re the release of the game after so long. Also, I don't think the Japanese. I think you could play people from other regions, right? Like, I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the Japanese players either were the ones that stuck around were so good they'd kick your ass because you're like, oh, I'm just starting out and you've played this game for six months, and then. Um, uh, and then, of course, you have people who just kind of forgot about their pre-order or just kind of gave up caring. Mm. Um, so I just felt there wasn't really a strong online community. And that happened, too, recently with Team Sonic Racing. Like, yeah. just there weren't that many people interested in playing. And when you make a game that is kind of like live or die by an online community, it kills it. Whereas with something like... Um, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, yeah, that game was absolutely awesome playing online, but it wasn't essential. Like, the mm. the single-player mode was just as fun. So, 
I will yeah. say that like um, it's interesting because like Planet Games has never been known for like their online modes. Like I don't think like I said, Babylon Fall. They just released it. Nobody cares. This game had online. And I can't. I think they should really do stick. You know, with their single player stuff. Because uh, I played like I told you not that long ago uh, was Astral Chain, and I thought they did a good job on that game. But it's also one of those games right. that's so complicated that you have to play the whole game just to learn the base, the whole system they have created. So yeah, I don't know. What's your, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, the next question. Sorry, you have it right here. Oh no, no, no. that that kind of covered it. Like just the the delay, I think hurt it, and we'll we'll get into that yeah. when we get into um, will, the release. I will say just. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that if Sega actually marketed it, that it would have been popular? Like if Sega put like a lot of money into one day, same day release, uh, going through all the ins and outs and trying to push it as a tournament game, I guess. And like kind of the way that I guess Nintendo pushed arms, which kind of reminds me of this game a little bit too, but like a Nintendo version of it. Yeah, but arms didn't do that well. No, either, it, well, it, it sold like 3 million units, but that's like Nintendo. That's like, mm. that's like, but it was a launch tier. title yeah, too. It's a launch. That's like low tier for Nintendo. You know, they sell like 15 million units when they blink. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, why that was. Um, I, I want to go through... So let's talk about the DLC and then how the release went. And then we can speculate on how they could have done better. Um, there were two pieces of DLC, Bayonetta as a playable character. And then two, like a package of two modes. It was called Dogfight, which added helicopters and aerial battles. As well as um, something called Mad Survival. In which you fight in groups of playable characters. And we'll revisit these modes in a bit. Anarchy Reigns was directed by Masai, Masaki Yamanaka, and his this was his sole directing credit. Uh, Yamanaka's um, other notable credits include the lead character designer for Mad World, the lead designer for God Hand and Resident Evil 4, and the game design for Wonderful 101. So he was a designer. Yeah. And this was his... This was his first and last project. <laughs> so, um, yeah, oof. Uh, the game was featured at E3 2011 and was scheduled for a July 2012 release, but it failed to make its international launch, and instead, as we mentioned, it released only to Japan with an unspecified Western release pushed off. It was later announced that the game would release in January 2013. And to their credit... Sega of America did promote this game. Their YouTube channel shows like over a dozen trailers showcasing gameplay elements um, uh, and the usual teaser and pre-order incentive trailers. So let's check out a few of them. They're only like a minute each uh, just to get a taste of how Sega showcased the game. So first off, we have a character trailer for the Blacker Baron. I'll play it. Oof. I think, like, the intro, the three-second Sega logo is longer. Yeah. Platinum Games. It's like you get to the trailer after 15 seconds. Yeah. Like the music. There we go. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But he should have been killed. Yeah, see, look at... Sick. <laughs> Just 
ridiculous. Super okay. sexy fists of fire. So, you know, that gives you an idea. And they did, they did, I think, nearly 16 of those, at least 14 for all the characters. Um, what are your thoughts? Does that sell you on the game if you saw, like, 14 little trailers for each character? Yeah, I actually thought that it was edited really well. The music was well done. Uh, Black Barbarian really looks fun to play on there with the whole fist and, like, the, uh, what do they call it? Shin, what do they call that move in uh, Street Fighter? The, the uppercut? What do they call it? Shinryu. Man, now I feel, uh... It sounds like you're trying to say Shenmue, but it's Shinmue, not. Shinmue, Shinmue, yes. I was going to say the, <laughs> the uppercut, all that stuff, this move set. it was like um, Ken. It kind of reminded me of Ken from Street Fighter. You know, he has that, uh, I don't even know what the hell, the, the uh, dragon punch, is that what they call it, I think? Anyway, but the, it reminds me of his uppercut move, you know, with the fire, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Um, this next one, it's for the trigger events. Um just gives you a good idea of what what these what these things are. So let's check this out. I'm gonna play it in 13 seconds then, since the intro is 13 seconds. Yeah. So these are. I, I mean, do these sorts of things exist in like um, Smash Brothers? I know Power Stone Two has things like this. Like what? Oh, you mean where like it's it's just environmental stuff. Where it's like countdown to something that everyone oh. has to evade. I, I don't know if there's a countdown, but there is like stages stuff that happens, but not like this. This is ridiculous. Because I know, I know in Power Stone Two, like when you do the um, uh, submarine one, like the submarines will go down, and then the next one will go up, and then they'll shoot missiles, and then you'll like hit an iceberg. Um, so I I think that's kind of cool because it. If you're getting your ass kicked, like, there'll be a sudden carpet bombing, and then everyone's gonna get their ass kicked, so you can at least, like, escape someone. Survive something like that. Chaos. It's a fun way. Exactly, yeah. It's a fun way to just make the stage feel a little more alive. Um, I thought it was cool that they called attention to that, because it, it does... I think if there is anything that kind of makes the game unique, it's that, in that. And it also kind of ties in with the Mad World sort of vibe. Where it's like, oh, here comes some crazy gimmick that's going to just ruin the whole game for everyone, you know? I, you know what? I, I'm on and off about the whole environmental things. Like, when I first played uh, Power Stone and then I bought two, I felt like, what's all this nonsense? Like, I actually hated the fact that you guys were all, like, fighting and trying. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you have to go up the platforms. Something about it really, I guess it became more party which is not bad, mm. but at the time I wanted it to be more like focused, like the like smaller focus, like the original. So I guess it's a give and take. I, most people that I know love to like a lot. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm definitely probably in the wrong on this one. But yeah, you want to watch the Bayonetta? Let's check out. Of course I do. Who okay. wouldn't? I'm gonna start at 14 seconds in since like dude, 14 That's seconds of, of logos. So you've learned you've learned well, Grasshopper. Pre-order exclusive special. Oh, I mean you know it's Bayonetta. Literally, they got her in the game, like her moveset and everything. <laughs> She's a little slower. Now it's interesting that she's also in Smash Brothers, because that would make her in two multiplayer fighting games. Oh yeah, for sure. Crazy, crazy. 
I do like that um, they kept yeah, the but look at that soundtrack. Game stuff. Like the soundtrack, the same. Oh, ba- oh, yeah, you're right. It is a GameStop exclusive. Mm-hmm. Remember, I- I'm actually kind of happy that we're out of that era where companies are like, you got to buy it at this video game shop to get this character. Now it's like, pay us three dollars day one, and you get the character DLC downloaded into your hard drive. You know, I'd rather have that right. than going to like. How can you get this pre-order DLC now? Do they sell it? I don't know if you can. I got to look into that because I'm pretty sure I have it, but I don't remember getting it at GameStop. So, I mean, maybe I did, but this game was only 30 bucks when it came out. Oh, really? So, I didn't, you know, okay, I yeah. forgot about that. Not bad there. Um, let's look at the last trailer here. It's the extra modes. I just thought this was kind of cool. This is the other DLC, and you're going to see just how actually kind of cool it is. I'll play it 16 seconds in, so I'll play it now. Mm-hmm. So this one, these are, so this one's the Mad Survival, where you're two two teams of three taking on each other, um, which, which looks cool, you're color-coded, but then the other one is just bizarre, it's like an aerial combat one, but I think you control helicopters, like a oh, shoot-em-up almost, look I at see. that. It's like they took assets that existed in the game and then made like a mini game out of it, which is kind of cool. Another pre-order. Um, yeah. So, That's there you go. Cool. What do you think of that? That I mean, it's cool, but I wish those were in the game, like the base game. It kind of sucks that two modes are like locked away. Typically, it's like an item oh, or yeah. a character, but... Oh, yeah. Um. As far as like development, I could not dig up much, but Platinum Games did a little work for us. So on their website, they actually have a timeline. And so I screen captured the timeline. It actually moves from the bottom to the top. It's two images. Um, The first one starts way back on January 1st, 2011. And it just shows a look at the character design. So... Jack made his way over to Mad World to join the chaos. <laughs> and so they created new concept art so he could fit in with the Anarchy Reigns cast of characters. So this was, that little picture is like a first look at uh, Jack in Anarchy Reigns. Um, stage design was also done. In fact, when we do our little side-by-side on this episode, there's some uh, stage design concept work below us. Um in January, February, March, April, May. So yeah, in May, they put out a Japanese video breaking down the whole Battle Royale combat. So in Japan, at the very least, they were you know, going out of their way to educate people on how the game is played. Launch trailer came out. Of course, then the game was only coming to Japan, so that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, and then there was a cutting-edge trailer. Um, and I guess this was like... We show up, uh, viewers in Cutting Edge in Australia. So, I th- is Cutting Edge, I think, an event in Australia, but the game was delayed. So, it kind of sucks that they're showcasing this game um, in a country that's not going to even be seeing it for uh, seven months. Um, moving up there, they had these really cool foil stickers, which almost look like the ones you get when you go to like a restaurant and you put 50 cents in. And then you mm. crank in and out, and it gives you the little cardboard. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? And yeah. inside, it's like a hologram sticker. Yeah. 
I would love to have these. It's the Anarchy Reigns cast. There were only 50 sets made, and they are extremely, extremely rare. Um, Jack's chainsaw was turned into a golden bookmark. <laughs> um, and this was given out at Tokyo Game Show in 2012. That's so cool. Yeah, I think of all of this like merch, I would really like to have that golden bookmark. Because I'd actually make use of it. Uh, there is a mini towel that they gave away to people who tried the game at game shops in Japan. So if you went in and tried out the game. And then, of course, a soundtrack. Look at that soundtrack release. That's sweet. Two discs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was sold online. Um, and then a month after release, Platinum Games did a, uh all-night online battle party. But, of course, worldwide couldn't play. So I guess if you imported the game, you were lucky enough to play someone have you ever played an online game with a developer um for any game i think maybe like when i used to play fantasy star blue burst i think there were the mod team and the other people that would do community stuff were on there um yeah uh, i'm trying to think of it's kind of hard sometimes they don't like label themselves so maybe you everyone's played with someone and we all don't know but it's very rare i don't really play games online so it's definitely more rare for me have you I played Spiral Knights with Aaron Weber, and I saw um, Sonic Team members in lobbies for Choo Choo Rocket, but never played against one of them, oh. I don't think. Maybe I did, but I remember, because Sonic Team, they were either like a different color, or there was like a, a letter next to their game, name or something, but I remember seeing them, and maybe maybe seeing them in a game with me, but... That was really cool. I remember people saying, oh, I saw Yuji Naka online yesterday. And you go, oh, Yuji Naka was playing. That's so cool. You think one of his friends, uh, <laughs> he just let his friend play. He's like, here's the control. I'm going out. Maybe. Maybe his kid or something. I don't know. Maybe his kids weren't born yet. Um, so I think what's interesting here is that Anarchy Reigns came out when we were covering it. And so I thought we could take a look briefly at our own coverage back in 2012 2013 I like um, it's from what I saw yeah well if you go to that link and just scroll right to the bottom we can scroll up and check it out um, we were quite upset about the delay uh, it's clear that there wasn't an answer for why the game was delayed so yeah let's let's take a look here so at starting at the bottom um, our, we had a bit of news talking about how they delayed anarchy reigns despite the game being completed. Um, and what's interesting is that it moved to T TBC to be confirmed. Um, yeah. And it, it says here, uh, platinum games representative said, we worked really hard to make sure everybody could get the game on time. The game's fully localized. If you buy the Japanese version, it's going to have all the languages in it. So it was like platinum themselves were like, please, if you want to play this, import it. So it's just like going against Sega. Why? It's like, they totally yeah. disagreed with Sega's decision on pre of, on this, so they're like, um, they're like, yeah, just pre, uh, just uh, get it from Japan. Um, I don't know how right. I feel about that. Like when a company openly tells you to import the game and don't wait for Sega of America, I feel like Sega of America and Sega of Japan they're having some sort of like communication issues here. Right, exactly. And if you look at the um, 
you don't have to look at it, but I'm looking at the Sega of Japan uh, or the Sega of America YouTube page. Um, what's really strange is they have. So yeah, the trail like the character trailers were going up when the game released, but if you look at the earliest Anarchy Reigns like uh, clips, there were um, like I'm seeing ones from January 2013, February 2011. So we were getting stuff like way early in February 2011, but then we got like January 2011, August 2011. Then the game releases in 2012, right? Like, it's yeah. very confusing as to why, right? I mean, I don't have that wrong. Like, the game released, why are they putting out stuff, like, a full year in advance? It's so bizarre. I, I like your article here that says, uh, Famitsu gives Anarchy Reigns high marks. So, can we get the game already, Sega? <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it's so bizarre, because... The YouTube, so the YouTube channel for Sega of America were putting out videos in early 2011. The game was over a year away, and then Sega just stops talking about it until November 2012, when they finally are like, "Hey, the game's coming out January," and it's like you guys were completely like acting like it was canceled, pretty much. Um, I thought it wasn't. Uh, come which article out. are you looking at now? Oh, I was just uh, scrolling. I was going to say, um, I did look a little bit. On the uh, review of Ben, did the review for it. Um, oh, which we'll we're talk, about, talk about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Outside of this, I mean, the only thing I would say is that uh, I didn't think that the game was actually going to come out. Like when Sega tells you to be this, uh, to be, you know, that it's to be announced, especially when you're going in so hyped. And at this time, right. I think we all had kind of a fear that things were going to be canceled from Japan because, like. Yakuza was also getting this weird scheduling thing where, oh, is this might be the last one? Every single time Yakuza games came out, it was back then. It was like this could be the last Yakuza game. I will bet you the game was canceled, or at least internally they were like, we're probably going to cancel it, guys. And that's when Platinum Games was like, if you want to play this, just import it because they probably didn't want to say that it's not looking good. But it probably wasn't looking good. Like who knows? Um, uh, upon the release, though, Anarchy Reigns, known as Max Anarchy in Japan, uh, as we mentioned, it earned straight eight, straight nines from Famitsu, which is very good. However, our own review of the game gave it a C plus, uh, noting a fun single player campaign and expansive online mode, but noting a lack of players online and saying that the single player campaign was too short. Uh, it's also noted that there was no online or no local multiplayer. Um, so, seeing as an old writer, Ben scored the game. Let's review his review. Do you think Anarchy Reigns deserved a C plus, or is Ben getting an F from us as a reviewer? I think C plus is safe. I think it was like I don't know. It's weird because I don't feel like the online died early, right? So all you have is this like single mm -hmm. player that I don't think captures exactly the the vibe people like from Mad World with a bunch of new characters. Right. Overcomplicated story. I would say C about C is a pretty safe bet for this game. I think saying that it's mm. like a nine out of 10 is a little like absurd. I think that's a little, that's way too high. Right. Like I would agree. I would say it, I would fall in the middle. I would say, I mean, if we're splitting hairs, B minus yeah. just because 
I think the music is is awesome, as oh, we'll yeah. hear from our uh, memories. Like people love the music. The music is the graphics best part are good. Games. Gameplay, it's pick up and play. Like I have no problem there. Um, characters are by and large fun. Bayonetta's in it. Jack's in it. So you got some cool characters there. Uh, story mode, he said it was short, but I think that's good because you're trying to unlock all the characters. And if you had like a 40-hour campaign, imagine that. You want to jump on in multiplayer. Like The same can be said with um, the All-Stars racing games where it's like, oh, it's too easy to unlock all the characters. But it's like, okay, but now you have a full roster to race with online. Like You don't want to you know, never be able to play as Opa Opa. You know, I, I would dis- so. I would agree with you on the fact that like it wasn't short. I would say I think it's like if you look at the the, the gameplay, you know, cut playthrough. It's like isn't it six hours or something? I'd say that's pretty substantial. Yeah, yeah for con- like considering that the new Kirby game is about that length, and that's just a single player game, not an online multiplayer mm-hmm. game. I would say that like that sounds pretty substantial to me too. You know, like. When I play, uh, even like, like a game like Overwatch, it's just an online game. They have literally no storyline. You just pick your character, go online, and you play. They release little cutscenes where they give characters, uh, I guess, storylines. But it's just right. nonsense. But yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that sort of score that I threw out there, it's pretty much the average. The game saw about 70%, you know, from most sites. The consensus opinion was that the game was just a fun online brawler, but it came up short when compared to the likes of Bayonetta, which I think is really what hurt the game, is that Bayonetta was such an amazing, great game, and then this wasn't a direct follow-up, but it definitely was the closest in terms of gameplay to Bayonetta from Platinum. And then people pick it up and they're like, oh man, this isn't even as like great as Vanquish, it's just kind of like, okay. And I think it's kind of a sign of what Platinum Games became. They stopped becoming the studio that every game was like A+, AAA, insanely awesome. Like people, I think over time, realized that Platinum Games will sometimes put out a smaller game or a game that is not going to be that AAA title. Mm. Um, Same thing happened with Yakuza Studio when the um, Fist of the North Star game came out. I think that one was kind of a wake-up call for people who are like, oh, not all the games are going to be like the main solid hits. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and that's not a bad thing. And I think think if this game came from like no-name developer, we would be praising it. That's what I'm saying. I think it's it's interesting the Yakuza has like three tiers of games. It's like they got their main series Yakuza Yakuza where it's on top and then they got Judgment which yeah. is the B tier game and then they have C tier which is like the Yakuza Kiwami ports or the uh, Fist of the North Star ports. So they got their thing going. Hey, whatever yeah. Yakuza team is doing, they're doing it right because I feel like the American fan base for them had gotten younger and younger. And I feel like uh, Platinum right. Games has like I think the closest they've got it to a younger fan base was putting Bayonetta in Smash and having the Smash kids go, oh, I, who's that? I like that character. <laughs> uh, besides right. that, like you don't hear these kids talk about Vanquish or you know, so maybe Wonderful One Hundred One because it's on a Nintendo console. But besides that, not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, Anarchy Reigns as mentioned, it's turning twenty. This year on July 5th, so we Ten. can celebrate America, and then the next day, Ten. we can celebrate... 10 years old. Uh, t- 10 making, years. Yeah, 10 years, I should older. say, not 20. You're making me 10 um, years older. 
but yeah, no, Anarchy Reigns is 40 years old. Oh. Um, <laughs> it, it has the sad distinction of being Platinum Games' final title to be published by Sega, though Sega did make Bayonetta re-releases, and Sega is on the credits for Bayonetta 2 and 3 because they own, they own Bayonetta. The name um, and the look. And the girl. Yeah. And the feet and the toes. Um, did Anarchy Reigns deserve more? I don't, I don't think so. I think if they like focused on another one, it would be disaster. Um, I think yeah. Mad World deserved more. So I would say that, yeah. You? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think the game is pretty much rated as it should be, especially with the delay. I think if, the, if it was a worldwide release and Sega of America did things like pushing tournaments, um, pushing the... I, I think what really worked with Fantasy Star Online was that they were like, you can play anyone in the world. Um, what was it? Now you can yell help like a little girl in like seven different languages Yep, was one of the things. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was great because you're like, oh, cool. And I think if this game had had a worldwide rollout, people go, oh, I get to play people from Japan, which was like... Uh, a gimmick at the time you're like yeah. oh this is cool I'm playing people from other countries and I think because games so rarely had worldwide rollouts like that you typically have situations like this where you jump online months later because it's releasing later in your territory and the Japanese players are either too powerful for you or they just gave up and stopped playing the game and it's unfortunate um, do you think the game this game is what killed the Sega Platinum Games partnership or do you think the partnership had already ended prior to the release and that's why Anarchy Reigns had such a kind of dismal release? I think that Sega and Platinum Games were already kind of on the rocks and I feel like, because I don't know if you remember, but when they announced their partnership, they said that Platinum Games has like all creative control and I feel like there was a disagreement with Sega where they are like, wait, you have Bayonetta, and they're like, no, we want to make this other Anarchy Reigns game. And it's like, but we, we signed the deals, right? So Sega is, like, forced to publish stuff like Anarchy Reigns instead of, like, trying to milk Bayonetta. Because right. at the time, Sega, if you, they right. had if they had a hit, they would try to milk it because it was really rare for Sega to, at this point, to have a hit. Like, Yakuza milked, Sonic milked, but, like, they tried stuff like, uh, trying to think... The Iron Man stuff and the Marvel stuff, they didn't work out, so they, they right. just destroyed it, right? So that's my thing. Right. It's like I'm pretty sure Sega would have wanted to make Bayonetta 2 and their disagreements, which is weird because they went and did it with um, – they went and did it with um, Nintendo, which is weird. That's, that's the whole thing, another whole talk, you know? But it's just weird to me that Sega did it not publish two Bayonetta 2. Whatever happened here is whatever what led to no Bayonetta two. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't yeah. know what it is. Um. Yeah, I, I do. I do feel like things probably soured well before this, and I think Anarchy Reigns was just kind of an unfortunate um, victim of a shaky partnership where they were like, "Oh, well, what's the like? Let's." I I bet behind the scenes they were like, eh, "We don't need the the Western release." Just forget it. We're done. We're done. Just let's treat this like Yakuza and just never give it a Western release. And there probably was a little like back and forth, like, come on, we already have it localized. Just release it. 
okay, cool, we'll we'll delay it. Like it's just, it was a mess. Um, you know what's not a mess, George? What? Patreon memories. They're the best. So, if they're the best, so if you support us at any tier, you get to have your memories read at the end of the show, and we're gonna do something special tonight. Uh, so first off, we're gonna read Tyler. Olu's memories, and then I'm going to dip into Twitter and see what a few notable influencers thought about Anarchy Reigns. Yes. Uh, So, but first, Tyler, who is our influencer, he influences us, said, Anarchy Reigns was a big deal for me, and I remember the announcement fondly as the news of a not-black-and-white sequel to Mad World slowly trickled onto message boards. The wait was awful, and there were concerns Sega wasn't bringing it to the West, but it wasn't long before I was slang online and offline. The cast was varied, and I particularly enjoyed playing as Sasha online with some Bayonetta mixed in for fun. Brawlers are quite niche and tend not to offer an experience the majority of folks tend to be interested in, but I had a hell of a fun time with Anarchy Reigns. He just said hell of a time, but I added fun. Um, <laughs> on Twitter, we had some re- responses. We asked people what their memories were. Dave Luddy, who is Badnik, Badnik Mechanic, he's like a Sonic, British Sonic tuber yeah uh he said it's a video game that when i played it i had no idea what the plot was who anyone was or what i was doing during it i still can't decide if i liked it or not um what is this it's like the blue puppet guy but it's a red one he said i would kill for a pc part of it this is mikhail i guess everyone's a puppet now um, John Turbo Finley says I am a big fan of the game bought it four times and even made a mock championship title for it just wish it got support it deserved from Sega but they dropped it hard uh, Dakota who occasionally writes for us No Neck no Net Coda he said I remember when I pre-ordered the game and waited for it only for it to delay for six months for virtually no reason I love Mad World on Wii and it was the reason I bought Anarchy he reigns for more over-the-top violence and action, bopping music, and to see the continuation of Jack's story. And he gave it a review score of 7 out of 10. Um, and then lastly, Linkabell said it has one of the best soundtracks and online multiplayer. So there's a lot of love for this game, George. Are you rethinking your 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 stance on Anarchy Reigns after this episode? No, everyone's wrong, and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. Thought so. Wow. Wow. So do you know what's coming up next on Sega Talk? No, I like to keep it a secret. You haven't looked? No, I haven't Well, you're looked. the one covering. What, what am I covering? <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. It's Eternal Champions, which I feel like is almost like the anarchy reigns of the, of the Sega Genesis, right? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's like a clone of Mortal Kombat right um it's an interesting game it actually had a really cool promotion and like i'm actually looking for some of the stuff i thought it would have been cool to have like you know have you have the fastest food alive they did like 7-eleven cups for uh eternal champions i guess we'll talk about it oh wow yeah i already know a little bit yeah that'll be fun but uh yeah thanks for watching this episode i guess we'll see you guys next time when we talk about eternal champions which i have to do the notes for it's gonna be awesome Uh it's gonna be brutal It's going to be gruesome and a lot of fun. Thank you guys for watching. See you guys next time on Sega Talk. Bye. Bye, everybody. Max. Max. Maximum anarchy.